Happy Halloween, movie fans, and welcome to our fourth and final film in our classic spooky film series. I hope you enjoyed Wait Until Dark, and you're ready for us to dial up the creepiness for this week's film. Wait Until Dark was a very popular Halloween movie, and I wouldn't be surprised if classic movie lovers and haters alike had already seen it before our podcast. This week, however, stars another female Hollywood legend, but it's a far more obscure film. This week's movie is Seth Holt's The Nanny, starring the one and only Betty Davis. And of note, this is the first movie we've covered from the UK. Yeah, we've officially crossed the pond. I'm not exaggerating at all when I say that this movie haunted me for a long time afterwards. Yes. (laughs) Betty Davis was one of the actresses of the Golden Age. She was glamorous and talented, but those who knew even a little about her life, really admired her dedication to her craft. She was not afraid to play strong women, despicable women, ugly women, or terrifying women. What she cared most about was a solid story and a character for her to play. And this film fit her requirements, albeit the smaller budget and obscure release. I kind of love it when beautiful women play ugly roles. I just really appreciate when they're willing to show the world that side of them for the benefit of the story and not worrying about how they're going to look at all. Yeah, absolutely. But before we dig into it, let's give the plot rundown and we'll avoid spoilers this time because we feel strongly about you seeing this film. So see it tonight. The film opens on Betty Davis's character, known to just about everyone as Nanny. She's been a longtime fixture in the Fane family, first as the caretaker of the mother, Virginia Fane, and her sister as children, and has been kept on as a caretaker for Virginia's children, though everyone silently agrees that Virginia is highly undependable and needs her still just as much as she ever did. Bill Fane is a distant, no-nonsense workaholic father who expects his family to behave a certain way and be a certain way simply because he gruffly demands it. Now, if you've quite finished, I suggest you go and wash your face and put some makeup on. You look terrible. I can't, Bill. I can't. In this environment, Nanny is irreplaceable. She keeps Virginia from turning into a neurotic mess and smooths over Bill's harsh orders. We meet the family on a very important day. They are bringing their son, Joey, home from an institution where he has been living for two years after showing no remorse for causing a tragic accident involving Joey's adorable little sister, Susie. The doctors have basically given up on him. He's troublesome and plays pranks and shows no sign of progress. Not just pranks, cruel pranks. He plays horrible tricks on the staff. So it's high time he went back home. Immediately, as soon as Joey sees Nanny, he is obstinate and rude. Every good turn from Nanny results in shocking lip from Joey and his parents are at the end of their rope. It becomes a power struggle and battle of wits between the two and circumstances make it clear one of them has to go. The odds of Joey winning are not good, seeing as all the adults are rooting for Nanny. But Joey is a determined little punk. And that's all I want to say about this one. Did you dislike her, then? I hated her. That's a very strong word, Master Joey. It's true. What was so bad about Mrs. Briggs? She was like you. 
And what is that supposed to mean? Nothing. Very well, then apologize to Danny. What for? You know perfectly well what for. Apologize to her. I don't think he meant it, sir. You didn't mean that, did you, Master Joey? <laughs> yeah, you can really understand why none of the adults believe this kid, because like you said, he is a huge punk <laughs> um there are a lot of movies where the kids are in the know and adults are oblivious like basically all of spielberg's uh movies with kids in them like the goonies and et and the whole movie you're just infuriated because why are the adults not listening to these kids but this movie does such a great job of making you realize that there isn't really an angel or devil role here and you understand why it's so hard for the adults to believe in Joey because he's a real punk <laughs> and he's even more of a punk because he's got a lot going on in his life and his home life is just kind of messed up a little bit. But like I said, there's not really a strong protagonist role in the nanny. The father is distant, like you said, and doesn't seem to want to be involved in any of the family matters kind of seems like they're below him like the nanny and his wife should figure all of that stuff out the nanny had a nervous breakdown that she's kept from the family and joey is of course rude and difficult and the strongest character in the movie mentally is the aunt but she has a physical ailment that makes it impossible for her to play the savior role too so not a whole lot of good strong characters in this movie yeah but you don't really like hate any of them. Like not really no. like hate, hate <laughs> because yeah. in, including the nanny, because you kind of see their good sides too. And you have a little bit of sympathy for what they're going through and they're all going through a lot. Yes. I think that you are right. You can't really, I don't think you really hate, hate anyone in this film, but you're not really rooting for anybody either. Everyone's a little right. bit frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> If you're having trouble finding this film, I just want to let you know that it is available for free on YouTube. It is not available on any streaming service that I looked at. Perhaps there is one out there that has it, but you have no excuse now not to watch it because there it is for you. This film, though being horror, is not a gruesome, blood-spattered film. It is very tense from the very first scene. And like I said, you will dislike everyone in this movie. You'll be frustrated with them because they do such a great job acting and that's exactly what the film is trying to achieve and in a twisted way i love how well it is accomplished in this film we should mention though that it isn't though it isn't a violent or horrific movie as compared to the ones that are made today i really doubt that it would ever be made again because of the plot points involving children so be warned sensitive audiences it, it can be it's a little challenging to watch yeah, I don't think that young kids would like it in particular. <laughs> right. Critics and audiences loved it when it was made, but if it's such a great film, why don't we hear much about it anymore? There are at least a couple reasons that I could find out. And first of all, it was a film produced by a company based in London called Hammer Film Productions. That company may not ring a bell, but they are responsible for some of the character horror that is re recognizable even today, such as Count Dracula, The Mummy, The Curse of Frankenstein, The Phantom of the Opera, and a lot of others. They really had the corner market on horror for decades, and it was their specialty. However, they tend to be a smaller budget 
film studio. It's kind of amazing that a legend like Betty Davis even agreed to do the film at all, but it's probably because in 1965, it was a year in the middle of a lull in her career. She had a hard time getting some jobs, even on the heels of some widely acclaimed films like Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, one she won an Oscar for, and Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, the roles weren't flooding her doorstep like they had been in the past. And sadly, in her middle-aged years, she was just falling out of popularity, and her career was primarily horror films by then, much to her frustration. She really didn't like that she had been pigeonholed in that genre. In fact, The Nanny, the movie, sort of marks a fuzzy line on the timeline between her film career and her TV career. She continued to work and work throughout her life, but she resorted to TV like many of her golden-aged Hollywood peers. Yeah, I like that you mentioned that because um, we kind of talked about that a little bit last week when we were um, discussing Wait Until Dark with Audrey Hepburn because she felt the same awkward transition from playing the youthful damsel to turning to the more serious roles. But this is a phenomenon that many people write about, especially during those decades. And it's coined the term hagsploitation, which is such an unfortunate name, but it's basically a lot of films about ugly old women who are the hags. Hmm. Men were kind of allowed to age gracefully and continue to play roles that they're used to while women actresses either fell out of public eye altogether or were left with the ugly roles. And we could fill probably several podcasts breaking down women's and men's roles over the years and in film. So I'm not going to delve into it too much. But I do find it noteworthy that this film that was participating in hagsploitation also kind of vilified all the women in the movie as being weak in different ways. Like the nanny had a baby out of wedlock and tried to fill the more masculine role by providing for her child through work than for staying home with her child. And she turns into kind of a monster by the end. The mother is a weak-minded neurotic mess. The aunt is physically weak. The father and Joey are not protagonists at all, like we kind of mentioned in the beginning. But they do seem quite a bit stronger, or at least they're the level-headed ones in this film. Yeah, it's admirable that Betty Davis was able to, with no small amount of effort, get roles for strong women throughout her career. But she was a strong and determined woman herself. Who wants to be up to you? This is private property. I'm going to whirl the living daylight out of that kid. I don't think you heard to me. This is private property. He's just dropped a bloody flower box on my head down there, killed me. But he didn't. And you're trespassing. What are you, some kind of nut? I've just told you I nearly got killed down there. If you don't remove yourself from this fire escape immediately, I shall be forced to inform your employers and they will not be pleased. Well, if you take my advice, lady, you'll have that boy seen to. He's an homicidal nut. I will thank you to keep your advice to yourself. Good morning. You silly old cow. Master Joey, that was a very dangerous and stupid thing to do. Did you hear what I said? I heard. You will have to be punished to realize that. Not by you. I will tell your father when he gets back. Now, if you would go down to the lobby and tell the head porter to send someone round to clear up the mess. No. 
As Betty Davis aged, she became notoriously difficult to work with. And on the set of The Nanny, she came down with a relentless case of flu that prohibited her from working. The flu, the crew had a hunch, was really due to some issue she had with the production. So they telephoned her 17-year-old daughter, BD, to ask her advice. BD was all too familiar with the way her mother's mind worked and was able to deduce the issue. Davis was given a light cotton dress to wear as the nanny in the film, as that was the fashion of the time for au pairs in England. Davis disagreed and demanded that the old-fashioned stiff wool black dresses from decades earlier would fit her character better. Those were kind of difficult to get at the time, so the crew insisted on the light cotton dresses. After hearing about the argument, BD told the stage crew if they'd provide her with a black dress, it would cure her. Sure enough, as soon as she was given her wool dress, she went to work immediately afterwards shooting. (laughs) (laughs) So it's interesting that this film is shot in black and white because by the mid-1960s, most things were being shot in color. It was very low-budget films, typically, that were shot in black and white. Hammer Films decided to shoot it this movie in black and white for a few reasons i can guess and that is because black and white film tends to give a more tense atmosphere the film seems grimmer colder and more intense schindler's list for example is is shot in black and white for the same reasons the story definitely calls for anxiety tension and gloominess and has an effect on the audience it's also sometimes used because sharp directed light becomes more important for black and white films It's more dramatic. So keep your eyes open in this film for light coming through slits or bright light from one direction or anytime it's used to unsettle you. Then Nanny definitely is a grim and intense story and one that can make you feel uneasy throughout throughout just from the rocky conversations that the characters have. They have a very trying relationship in their family. You'll also notice Betty Davis with really thick dark eyebrows and her black dress with a white collar that pops out from the rest and her look is meant to startle you and have stark contrasts something that would be harder to achieve in color i would think yeah that's really interesting i think it's very interesting when directors make stylistic choices like that for the benefit of the audience it's not merely just because they like the look of it but it's because it's supposed to evoke a certain emotion or get a reaction out of you And I kind of like that. Yeah, it's interesting for this movie in particular because black and white is an interesting choice because um, it seems like nothing is black and white in this movie. Like, it's just, it's really hard to figure out who's the bad person here. (laughs) I think you tend to brace yourself for something dark to happen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Let's talk about some of our favorites from the film. I have to say, William Dix, who plays Joey, is the just the absolute best worst child ever. <laughs> I, he does an incredible job of being just a big brat. And my favorite scene has to be when his aunt is watching him and she falls asleep on the couch and Joey rushes into the room in just a towel from his bath and he tries to wake her up and he yanks on her hair. It's then that I think the film really goes into high gear and you start to panic and you're like, wait, what is happening? Yes, it's so creepy. And my favorite scene was a really eerie one, too. It was when Nanny made Joey's favorite meal, steak and kidney pie. Yeah. And he, <laughs> I know, it sounds <laughs> kind of gross. <laughs> um, 
And he wouldn't eat it because he thought she was poisoning him or trying to poison him. And then the nanny spoon feeds the mother who eventually gets poisoned and is blamed on Joey. It was so, so weird to see the nanny feed a full grown woman. Just really creepy. We must eat our supper, must we? We have to keep up our strength. One, two, three, open. Please. No more arguments, open. But also, I thought it was interesting that um, in the film, Joey... Joey will eat his father's breakfast after he's already eaten it because he knows that the nanny won't poison his father. But then he's he assumes that the nanny would poison his mother. So I I thought that was kind of interesting that he thought his father was safe, but not his mom. And the mom, the character of the mom, she's probably one of the most frustrating of all the characters. You just want to shake her a little bit and get her to react better or get her to listen or have her eyes opened and be more observant but she she doesn't ever miss an opportunity to disappoint at parenthood (laughs) right (laughs) and that actually makes me think of the final scene which we won't really discuss exactly what happens in it but the final scene has the mom in it and it doesn't seem to fit with the rest of the film yeah it doesn't it it kind of falls flat i think a little bit but even the climax, it's funny because I remember watching this as a kid and I remember the ending being completely different. I guess I had just changed it in my mind. You projected (laughs) your own fears. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I, I reconstructed it to to be an ending that I actually liked a lot more. And then when I watched it back, I was like, oh, that didn't happen the way that I thought it was going to. I won't give it, give it away, but, um, but I had reconstructed it in my mind to be something that was a lot more um, satisfactory, I guess. Well, the original ending that not the climax, but the original ending wasn't even there. And test audiences wanted something, wanted a little bit more closure. And so they slapped something together and stuck it on. So if that makes you feel any better about it, uh, about that part, at least. (laughs) But we weren't super young when we watched this. I think we were teenagers, but it does have that lasting kind of, haunting effect on you for a really long time i was so happy that we got to do this film for halloween we had a few choices that we had in mind but ultimately we chose the nanny because i don't think many of you have seen it and we've built it up to be the scariest of our spooky movies that we chose for halloween and after watching it again for this i think it was i think it's still a solid creepy choice it's tense the entire time Definitely recommend it for a Halloween movie for free on YouTube. It's underrated. It's underwatched. Don't be part of the problem and with these good films that can be lost to time. So make it a make it a point to watch it. Yeah, you can't beat free. We're going to do a complete 180 degrees next week, though, with a family comedy by another famous woman of Hollywood. So you should come back to find out what that could be. Yeah, we'll see you next week.